0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Sunday recap Here we are, the three of us together again Welcome back, Mitch Hello Hello, Mitch (laughs) Hello, world Hello, world Welcome back I want to know, I want to know What is the best book that you read this summer? Best book on the table (laughs)
1: Well, I didn't read this summer, and it was fabulous. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Actually, I am a little bit sad. I, um, I'm almost done with a book that I started at the beginning of summer. Okay. And it is, uh, it is um, a homiletics and hermeneutics book, um, Four Views on Preaching. Mm-hmm. And it has been really interesting to see just um, four ideas of, of ways to present Christ. And yeah. um, and then they kind of like counter each other in between the chapters, which yeah. is which is neat to That's hear their, their counter argument. Um,
0: it looked like a really cool book, and Brian Chappell is one of the yes. the four authors of that, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, if you guys remember, Brian Chappell was here just a couple of years ago mm-hmm. uh, and got to talk to um, our congregation and give a, a kind of a, a lecture series on preaching for yes. for a lot of our our pastors. So that was, um, I think he's been hugely influential in Scott's preaching and, mm-hmm. and influential in our church in that way. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: So. I I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I'm
2: trying to think. Summer is such a whirlwind. It's really hard for me to think of like, what did I read this summer?
1: You were on the move so much. I can't imagine when you sat and read.
2: Like the only books I know I read this summer. I think I read some books maybe in the summer, but I can't remember when I started them. I read um, Scott McKnight Church Called Tove, which is just Mm -hmm. about kind of how the church can be healthy in the midst of all of these um, sexual abuse scandals that Mm -hmm. we see, which was a really, really important book. But I wouldn't say like... It's a, not my favorite book I read. I read The Fellowship of the Ring, but I did that on audiobook. That was great.
0: Oh, cool.
2: Yeah, so that was really I fun. I got to read that again. Yeah, yeah, so I did Fellowship I love of the those Ring. Books. And then I can't remember the title of this book, but it was really good too. It was the author um, who's the editor of the Gospel Coalition? What's his name?
1: Uh, I know who the president is. I don't know who the, name oh, what is the editor is. His name? Is it Colin Hansen? Nope. Nope. Nope going to cut all this out. Yeah.
2: He wrote, he yeah. wrote a book on church leadership that I read. Okay. I can't remember. Okay. I can't remember his name. Yeah. So I got to go with fellowship of the ring. Based <laughs> off of that. yes. yeah, so
0: That's good. Um, I got to read a book this summer, uh, by a guy named Joshua, uh, Chitra. Um, and I'm forgetting the title of it as well, but the book was really about, um, practical apologetics and evangelism. And yeah. it's sort of the, becoming the foundation for this class that I'm going to be teaching um, this fall on, on sharing the gospel nice. with people and stuff, but it was so good because it was like, uh, looking at apologetics in a sense. And, um, and, and instead of being a sort of an academic, uh, type of thing, more in the headspace, it's like, how does this actually work out with real people? Mm-hmm. And how do you actually have conversations where, uh, I think it's called telling a better story. Now that I think about it, because okay. that's the whole goal of it is, is. Telling a story to people um, that is better than the stories that the world is telling. Sure, um, that's cool. And so he actually gives some examples through it. Like, like here's a chapter on this story that the world's trying to tell you, but here's how the gospel is a better story. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, it's so good. <sighs> Sounds so, awesome. Yeah. You had a crazy week last week, man. Dude,
1: it's a busy one.
0: Celebration Sunday. Celebration Sunday. Peace. Yeah. <laughs> It was great it it was a really great Sunday, man. we I think celebrated people were motivated Sunday. um, and it was packed, yes, oh my goodness yeah that was that was so great to see so many people back mm-hmm. um back at church this week, well, and like
2: numbers are numbers are not everything that's right, you know, they're probably something, not very high but something, but there's For people who have been
1: having church on their couch for a long time, numbers make you feel like, oh my goodness, we yeah missed these people
0: yeah well the, and number, it like the numbers doubled are, in
2: two weeks yeah like two weeks ago there was like half the amount of people there as there was this week which is crazy
0: i i mean yeah i think you're right numbers aren't everything but numbers are also souls right like they're, they're people people that we care about and people that are
1: yes pastor that, chris yeah yes you're right.
0: right so i'm just saying <laughs> let's keep that you in perspective.
1: are <laughs> as usual correct on that <laughs>
0: But it was a great Sunday. Um, there was uh, a lot to celebrate. Um, how many baptisms happened? We had 12. 12 baptisms. Awesome. Um, so cool, so cool yeah. to see that. And then on top of that, um, just the kind of where we're going uh, in the fall from Pastor mm-hmm. Scott and and uh, looking at this challenge towards be really being the church uh, from Acts two forty two, and yeah. and uh, working through those things. So I thought I thought it was just a really great Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Jen's moving to full time,
2: and I got coerced to step back into student ministry. Hey. I wouldn't say that's a step back. No, I said to step back into it.
1: Oh, step back into, into it. it. Into it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. To, to, to go yes. back
2: to student okay. ministry. I
1: just want to make sure you aren't oh, putting I don't say down that. or something.
2: No, 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 no. We are we're excited. This is going to be cool. It's going to be fun. So it's yes. been super fun. That's cool. Um,
1: yeah, and we're hiring a missions pastor, and so mm-hmm. share that. I put that on Facebook too. Yep.
2: I have a heart <laughs> I have a heartfelt post out there. You can reshare yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> nice. I did.
0: Yeah, that's good. What's cool is um, you know, we we care a lot about uh obviously like the vision of the church is the, the the three Bs, right? Mm-hmm. And you, you kinda saw on Sunday, um those three things are really represented in in what we are asking people to do moving forward, right? And and I think the reason why the vision of the three Bs makes so much sense to us as a church is just because they are so grounded in what the early church did. Um, And so Acts 2.42, I think, was a great place to go just to kind of look at—this is a a snapshot of the very early church and gave us a a, a glimpse into all that stuff. I mean, this is really kind of a key— passage in the book of Acts because this is the first of many snapshots that we get in the book of Acts of what the church looked like and mm-hmm. what it was doing um, so we, we, we see this actually a number of times like right after um, uh, right right before the stoning of Stephen you get a snapshot of what happens there and then right after the stoning of Stephen you get another snapshot as the church disperses and it's mm-hmm. so all through the book of Acts you get these little sections that Luke writes it's like and this is what the church looked like, and and this this is the first one. So it's really neat. So this is right after Peter's uh, first sermon. Uh, uh, Pentecost happened, and then we get this snapshot. So, um, yeah, uh, when do you guys read forty two to forty seven?
2: Oh yeah, I'll read it. This one's shorter. Yeah, get it. <laughs> so I'll take it for sure. All right, Acts two forty two, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers.
0: Awesome. Mm-hmm. So let's just talk about like mission of the church kind of stuff, like big picture philosophy of the church. Because I think this is, this is important for us to understand as we're looking at what our church is doing, but really what every church is supposed to be mm-hmm. doing, right? So um, what, what is the overarching mission of the church and, and, and should that be different church to church?
2: No. <laughs> yeah. Why? I mean I mean the broad vision of the church absolutely should not be different. I mm-hmm. think there is some um I don't want to use the word I don't want to overuse the word contextualization but there is some thinking about where you live and how you apply the mission of the church in your context. Mm-hmm. But in general the mission of the church is the same and I think I've learned that in the, you know, in the two churches I've worked at, like, I always think it's funny. Okay. We've been talking about the three B's here. We have belong, become beyond mm-hmm. at CCG. It was, in, it was a uh, biblical community, spiritual growth and engaged outreach. Yep. This is the same thing, <laughs> yep. you know, just a different way to say it, Yep, you know? And so
0: I, 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 I was I, at a church where it was gather, grow and go. Yeah. There you right? go you got those, the, the three G's. Absolutely. yes, <laughs> Yeah. So I think, yeah. you're, I
2: think, I think we're all trying to work out the mission that Jesus has given to us and how to clearly communicate that with our people. Yeah. But it, the, the church, the church should be the church. There's certain staple elements and, but then there's also um, certain things that the church mission should be about. And there are things that the church mission should not be about. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And we always are at that, you know, that battle to not make church look too much like culture. Um, but also be
0: aware of the culture around us.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, one of the things I or passages that we kind of come back to with stuff like this is is this one um, Acts two forty two because you see some 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 staples in there of what churches should be doing in general. I think another one is probably Matthew twenty eight mm-hmm. uh, verses. Uh, what is that like eighteen through twenty? Yeah. Like the very end of the book of Matthew because Jesus there it's this called the Great Commission right, yeah. and this is where Jesus tells them, he's like, go go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, right, in the name of the mm-hmm. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. And then he gives this assurance that he will be with you mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. throughout all this. And so, in essence, every single local church has the same mission. We all have yeah. the same leader, right, It's Jesus Christ. We all have the same mission. It is making disciples. It is baptizing. It is teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh and then helping in, in, in like teaching in obedience. So all of that is we have that in common. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like you're saying, how do you do that within a, you know, central Indiana, Midwest American context versus Haiti mm-hmm. versus what what do what do they do in Italy? What do they do mm-hmm. in, you know? Uh, even in California or New York or things like yeah, that.
2: So I'll give you even a smaller example that I think is really funny. So mm-hmm. I just use this actually to, I asked my wife yesterday, I said, are you listening to Scott's sermons? And I'll tell you why I asked her this. This is a joke, but okay. it, it was a joke.
0: I didn't really mean it, but like, so. We're we, getting into the, the inner sanctum of their marriage. No, 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 this is
2: good. You don't think this is funny. So I have a goal this year that we do a meal every night at motion mm-hmm. for the entire year. We will have a meal. Wow. Six to six 30. We will have some, and it might, I mean, what meal, is your budget? A meal is relative. <laughs> Let's be honest there. No, man, we made, I mean
1: dino nuggies. Dino nuggies was one of the meals.
2: <laughs> so, so I told JC, I was like, we were going to do it. We did it for the summer and it was great because as you can see, food sometimes is, is an essential element of community, you mm-hmm. know? And so we've been doing it all summer. It was great. And I realized, you know what? This is something we probably just need to keep up one with the time of our ministry but also, and so I, I told and she's like, why, why are you going to do food every week? And I was like, did you listen to Scott's sermon? Acts 2.42. They <laughs> yeah. broke, we're breaking bread together. Breaking now, now the contextualization is dino. The last two weeks we had, well, three weeks, dino nuggies,
0: waffles. And we did grill out this week. Oh, <laughs> so. my goodness. Yeah. Taylor did like the uh, waffle night. Oh, that, that was, was awesome. That was a good one. Yeah. That's <laughs>
2: awesome.
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, so some of the staples that you see in this passage, right? So let's kind of walk through the passage and you be- begin to see some of these staples, right? So it talks about how they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, right? The fellowship, the breaking of bread, and the prayers. Um, so those are four key things right off the bat mm-hmm. uh, that we see a what he says a devotion to, a commitment to. Um, so maybe let's just kind of start to break those down a little bit. So, uh, and and we'll do this kind of the same way that Scott did kind of along the same lines as the three B's, because they do sort of begin to fit into these categories. Um, so the first one really is uh, the fellowship, right? Uh, when we talk about belong, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. There's a commitment that they have to one another. And in this commitment to one another, uh, we see some of that stuff fleshed out here in the text, right? So um, they, they, this says, verse 44, um, all who believed were together, um, had all things in common. They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Um, so there's this this just taking care of one another type of a thing. Um, one of the things that I think is interesting, too, is verse 47, that they had favor with all the people. They, people outside the church was look, were looking at the church, and they were like, that's really cool. Like, mm-hmm. I want to be a part of that, you know? (laughs) Um, and, and so with that in mind, um, how does all of that inform then our idea of belonging to each other here in our context? Um, what is, how does all that sort of come together to kind of create a, what, like what we actually do here and things like that?
1: I would say the first thing I see here that we need to recognize is that this is not a church of one pastor taking care of all the needs of the flock Mm. by himself. Um, We see that the believers are all devoted to this as, as a community. Yeah. Um, And so I think when people come to our, our church for the first time, this is one of the things we want to start with is to say like, we, we need your ministry um, and we want to minister to you both. Yeah. Uh, And so I see this obviously in that devotion of the, of the believers uh, being, being communal. Yeah.
2: That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I noticed that too. The, the they is everyone, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, which is the other thing. I think most of the time you see the word minister in the new Testament's actually referencing all believers. It's exactly. not referencing pastors. So yeah. Yeah. like another thing to note with that. Um, yeah. But um, I was also curious, I'm, I'm raising this more as a question. Do you think there's significance in the fact that it's the fellowship Verse just fellowship.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that this, this is talking about the church. Mm-hmm. It's talking mm-hmm. about the, the the body of believers. Um, this is a, an interesting question because I, I think um, just an experience that I had. So years ago, I was working at a church where I was having a conversation with one of the pastors, and and the 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 ethic of this pastor was like, you know, we need to make sure that we are caring first and foremost for the people that are non Christians outside mm. the church. And I was like, but. Wait a minute. Doesn't isn't there a verse that talks about how actually we need to care about the people inside the church? And, and in fact, there there is. It's Galatians six ten, and Galatians six ten says that we should show love to everybody, and it says especially mm-hmm. to those of the household of faith, so that we might actually love one another inside the church first and mm-hmm. foremost. Um, this is partly why I think people outside the church are kind of envious of the people inside the church here in, 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 the, in this passage, mm-hmm. you know, that they, they see the way that the people inside the church care for one another and love one another, and that's um, a key part of what the early church was about.
2: Yeah. No, I think that's helpful. I think it's just important to note that, you know, I don't want to put it in, like, the elementary sense, but I remember growing up there was moments of what I would call fellowship with other believers in my life. Mm-hmm. And there were moments where I was sitting around with my friends playing video games and we may call it fellowship. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yes. but it was like yeah. one had an intention that was focused on Christ and one was not. And I think in our current context, we all personally have to kind of wrestle with this. You know, what does church look like when we're constantly on the move and we've got things going on every weekend and what does church look like when You know, we may be watching it at home on our own. Mm -hmm. You know, what is what is fellowship look like? Yeah. It's more than bumping into other believers every now and then. Yeah. It's a commitment to a consistent seeing one another.
0: It's a difference of whether or not Mm -hmm. fellowship is a verb or a noun. Right. Mm -hmm. And in that case, then it's like the fellowship of the ring. Right. There that was a specific nine people that were called to go and take the ring down to the Mm -hmm. fires of Mount Doom and into the fiery chasm from which it came. Hey, okay, come on. Uh, I'm
1: so impressed <laughs> right Spoil- now.
0: Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't give away anything. <laughs> so I don't oh, know if gosh. they make it, you know? <laughs> well, you can read the book and find out.
1: You know, it's interesting because um, I've, I've taught on this passage before and just thinking through the context of the breaking of the bread. Um, so when you say the fellowship or uh, the breaking of bread, mm-hmm. um, I think we see a couple things represented here um and and I would even love to hear your thoughts on how to exegete this even more, but are we looking at the fellowship being the body of Christ gathered for the ministry of Christ through the word of Christ, mm. through the sacraments of Christ? Mm. So the breaking of the bread is the, um, the act of communion, communion together
0: versus or dino is,
1: it, nugs. is it dino nuggies <laughs> yeah. you know? or is it both? So yeah. what, what do you guys
2: think?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. I, My initial thought (laughs) (laughs) like you just blew up my whole dino nug thing. No, 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 no. No, you you didn't though. Because
2: (laughs) I'm I would lean into the category of um it 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 is a little bit of both, but I don't think it's I also don't think it's just every time you're eating with other believers. That's kind of what I'm leaning into, is that Mm -hmm. there is a devoting yourself to the gathering of believers that you are called, um, that you are in community with, Mm -hmm. being the local body. Um, the, the the church, mm-hmm, you know, sure. in, in your case as a listener, Stones Crossing Church. So like I could eat dino nuggies at home and it doesn't have the same significance in the context of this passage as it does if, if I'm meeting them at youth group on Sunday night.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: Does that make sense? But also it's not negating the fact that we're talking about communion and not um, not forsaking those elements uh-huh. at the same time. Those things are just as important. So I would say it's I would say it's both, um, but I but I think it's definitely talking about communion. <laughs> where I could be wrong, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Well, so Mitch, I actually think you're right on, and it's because contextually, what they're probably talking about there is what is later referred to as the love feasts right mm-hmm. so so in the early church the things that they were doing was they were sitting down as part of their worship gathering is they would have a meal together and the meal would include the bread and the wine as a way of uh, of celebrating communion but you see later on like especially in i think it's in um uh, 1 Corinthians 11 and then 2 Timothy, things like that, where, where they're talking about the love feast and how people are kind of taking advantage of that, where some people are sitting down early, eating all the food, and people some people are not getting food and things yeah. like that, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. so, um, so It's with, not
1: very loving.
0: Right, right. <laughs> and, and, well, and, and so what that does is it paints a picture of the context of what they're talking about there is that they had this weekly commitment to eat together. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: so there's an element of eating together, that is crucial, mm-hmm. but there's a, part of that eating together was communion mm-hmm. uh, and celebrating that sacrament. So, so I think you're right. I think I think mm-hmm. it's both.
1: Oh, good, because I taught both. So there we <laughs> go. Yeah. I, yeah, that's affirming. But we've used this a passage. We've used this passage in workshops here at the church just to talk about belonging to the body, and then we've also talked about the, the end of the passage where they add to their numbered um, day by day those who are being saved as yeah. a as a um, reason for church membership of why we want to commit to the body and actually say, yes, I'm in, I commit to these believers.
0: Well, the New Testament never separates membership in the local church with their salvation. Right. right. What we constantly see is that uh, when someone became a believer, they were included into a local church Mm -hmm. body, and, and that was never separated. Um, we, we kind of do that in our culture. Now people think that, Hey, I can just become a Christian and be sort of this rogue Christian on my own without Mm -hmm. actually belonging to a body. And that's just not the new Testament example. So I think, um, I think that that is a really good case for membership. So
2: I think that leads into another part of this passage that's helpful to discuss. So, then what does it mean to say that they had all things in common?
0: That's a great question. Mm-hmm.
2: I think that's that's where I would where I would go for somebody that's kind of wrestling with that. I can't be a part of. I can't find any church body because I can't find anybody that thinks exactly like I think. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah.
0: Are, so so the the question there is, is when they're saying all things, are they saying ideologies, mm-hmm. philosophies, or are they saying possessions? Yeah. Because the next line talk about possessions. Mm-hmm. So what, the context there seems to. I, I think, lean more towards the idea of possessions in that they didn't, they didn't consider the things that they had as their own, mm-hmm. but they saw them as being there to bless other people. And so they were willing to utilize those things in order, in order to bless others. Yeah,
2: because, that, That's
0: the way of, I've always seen it.
2: But. Well, I, you know, I understand. I, I, yeah, I, I think most often I've heard it taught as being about their commonality in Christ. Mm-hmm. But I think you're probably right because it's it's obvious they didn't have everything in common. I mean, we know that yeah. we know we can look at the early church and we can know that they were rich, they were poor, they were <laughs> yeah. you know, they were sick, they were influential, they were not, they were, you know, of different race, different, you know, the, the, all these things. Yeah. And so clearly they didn't have all things in common. Yeah. But so you could say okay, th- their commonality was Christ, but I think that's actually probably a more accurate
1: Interpretation. I just
0: think contextually it makes sense. But. Yeah,
1: I think. I mean, I agree with Chris. I think it does sound contextually like possessions. I think that it could also be for the unity of all things mm-hmm. in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as they're as they're united to Christ, they're certainly going to still be um, individual fleshly sinners that are going to have ideologies and things that are yeah. um, that are going to cause friction. Yep. Among the the body, but um but I think that there's probably a call for unity both in physical need and in um in the the fellowship love of being brother and sister family of, of
0: Christ. Absolutely. Yep. Um, I think the the bigger kind of a, or, or maybe another question with this is when they say selling their possessions and belongings, mm-hmm. is this a rich young ruler kind of thing where everybody was selling everything that they had? Was this an early form of just let's get political. Was this an early form of communism? <laughs> uh, honestly, uh, because I think some people look at this and are like, is that what I'm supposed to do? Am I supposed to be selling all my stuff so I can take care of the needs of the You've got good all, thoughts or? on this. This
1: is so good because when, when Jesus <laughs> told the rich young ruler to go and sell all his possessions, he was telling him how to obtain salvation in his own works. Like, yeah. basically, go to sell everything. Like, you would yeah. have to go to the ends of all you can do in order to do it on your own, which mm. you, you cannot. You can't do it. You can't do it. It's <laughs> another example of, you know, just, like, him taking the law and turning it on its head and making it even bigger and blowing it up. Absolutely. Because it's mm-hmm. it's not in our power. Um, but I think what we're seeing here is just these believers are are truly living out the gospel. Like you said, their possessions they realize are not their own. Yeah. They realize they've been bought by um, the blood of Christ, and then therefore they have all things in common because of who they are now in, in Christ. Um, and I think we see an outpouring of, of the Spirit of Christ working through these believers in order to love one another well yeah, um, and to not be selfish.
2: Mm. Yeah, I think it's an open-handedness yeah. with your possessions. Yeah. Again, and I I don't want to get overly contextual with this, but even, even if— they literally were selling all their possessions. Mm -hmm. Um, practically speaking, that would have been, um, better stewardship than it would be for you to do that today. Mm -hmm. Meaning that like your possessions were your valuables. They were what you had. Um, they had a, they had a value and a worth where today, like I, I wouldn't even, I would argue it wouldn't be good. You couldn't be doing that with good stewardship because you don't sell anything you have for what it's really worth one. And two, you're just getting, like in general, like you just, it just wouldn't actually be the best way to steward your resources, you know? It's right. It's a different context. I, I'm just saying, yeah. like in general, I just would say maybe. Yeah, but that would not be even yeah. practical. Well, today.
0: and I don't think we even see that in the early church example no, because we don't. you you know that there are people who sold their homes, but not everybody did because churches were meeting in homes. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know that um, like, uh, and some of the people we, have money. Oh, definitely. And, <laughs> yeah. and Paul instructed Timothy to teach the people um, that had money. Part of their teaching was to be generous, but part of it also was to enjoy yeah. their wealth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like God had given it to them to enjoy. So so there's a balance there and it really does come down to that heart issue.
1: And yeah. I would say last, last thing on the, the communist comment, <laughs> <laughs> the difference between that and what we're seeing here yeah. is that the government is not regulating that they give all of their possessions away to make sure everybody has the same thing. That's so right. we don't have a dictator or someone overseeing this to make sure that it happens. Yeah. This is the outpouring of their love for one another mm-hmm. that yeah. they're doing because of their conviction. That's right, and I think that's so, huge. I think that's how you've yeah. seen
2: you've seen cults abu- abuse this passage yes. of scripture and use that. And I think that's yeah. the point too that the Bible prescribes roles to the church, prescribes roles to the government, and that's not a role right. of the government that that's the right. Bible prescribes. That's right. So yeah, on the money. So Bo- we
1: put down communism today, and see I see you later,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Stalin. I don't know.
2: Anyway.
0: Wow. <laughs> 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 okay. Okay. okay, bumper. For music. The next hot topic. Okay. <laughs> Well, let's move on to become uh, this idea of becoming more like Christ, and um, where do we see that in in this passage? What what are some of the things that we see in there that people are doing in the early church to become more like Christ?
1: Mm. I see them devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching. Yeah.
0: And yeah, I think
1: that's one of the first things that popped out to me is that they are um, they are there for it. Mm-hmm. They're ready. They mm-hmm. want to learn. They want to yeah. hear it.
0: Why the apostles' teaching? Like mm-hmm. like, shouldn't it be Christ teaching, why, why, why is it that they're saying the apostles teaching
1: versus Christ himself? Mm-hmm. Well, Christ is, um,
0: I'm playing devil's advocate. Is he gone in so. and out right <laughs> now? I can't. Okay. No. So let me
1: think on the timeline, is Christ in and he's, out bodily right now, or has he already he's, ascended? He's gone so. ascended. Okay. So he has ascended. The spirit has descended. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So obviously he's commissioned people to mm-hmm. teach on his behalf. So right. therefore apostles. Yeah. Right. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. What, what, this is really important on honestly, because, because what you just said I think is spot on. The issue here is, you know, some people may look at this and they're like, why are they, why are they committing themselves to these people? Um, which leads to some conclusions theologically. Like, for example, wh- one of the things that's happening in the theological world over the last maybe like forty years or so is there's this idea of pitting Paul against Jesus, mm. right? Kind of saying, "Well, Paul was teaching a totally different religion than what Jesus was teaching," you know. And um, but how untrue is that? Uh, because what's going on here is there's this idea of apostolic authority Mm -hmm. uh, over what is being taught. So apostolic authority was, they were, you know, directly commissioned to then teach uh, what Christ told them to teach. And in that authority, um, the people would then commit themselves, as it says here, to what they were teaching, as if it was the very words of Christ. Now, the question is, is how do we as Christians know that same same teaching today, mm-hmm. where do we, where do we get that?
1: Oh, I'm raising my hand. Okay, go ahead. I'm raising my hand really <laughs> high right now because it, I, I believe it's the scriptures. I believe it's the canon of, of the Bible, right. um, that all of those things were recorded for us so that we may benefit That's by, right. by Christ's teaching.
0: Yeah. So a couple, this, this, is really cool. This is something that Ariel and I have taught in our teacher training class and things like that, but just to kind of unpack it, um, Passages like Hebrews one one and two help us to understand, like um, that God He spoke and He spoke through the prophets. And, and mm-hmm. in that case, it's talking about the Old Testament. First um, Peter talks about this as well. First Peter one, I think, um, verses sixteen through twenty, It talks about this idea of like like these passages these this old these Old Testament books are the very Word of God and hold authority in that sense. Mm-hmm. The question is, is but what about the New Testament? How do they hold authority? Well, they all are of apostolic descent mm-hmm. in a sense, right? So even when you look at who wrote them, you know Matthew was an apostle, okay? Um, John was an apostle, Paul was an apostle, uh, Peter was an apostle. Um, so so that's the majority of the New Testament. There's some outliers though, right? Mm-hmm. So you have Luke writing Luke and Acts. You have John Mark. Um, and then you have uh, like Jude and James, and and who are they and things like that. So, what's really interesting is like Mark was probably written as a uh, a memoir of Peter. Peter, uh, the Apostle Peter, was the one that that dictated that to him, and that's uh, really seen in church tradition. Uh, we, we we see that in the early writings of the early church fathers, and then we also see it in, uh, contextually in evidence in the Book of Mark. It's actually fascinating. Um, just as an aside, you go through there and you compare the stories in there that that Peter is involved in in the Gospel of Mark versus the other gospels and there 's things that he omitted that would have been embarrassing to him mm-hmm. that did not show up in the Gospel of Mark, which is fascinating it 's just really interesting anyway um, but there 's little things like that mm-hmm. um, and uh, but in one way or another, like Luke was an associate of Paul, mm-hmm. so like Luke and Acts. When he says I carefully, you know, research these things, he's coming back to well, my, one of my main sources was Paul, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so in one way or another, all of the the teaching in the New Testament comes back to um, it, what we recognize in it is its apostolic authority.
2: I was making sure we answered. I was making sure we answered all the questions that people might have. So, okay. and I think, and I think you did. But okay. I think, okay. So, what does it mean when we say the apostles' teaching? Okay, those are the people that literally um, were with Jesus. And then we're saying, what do we do with the people that weren't apostles? Mm-hmm. Well, we're saying that their teaching is um, not only in agreement with, but it, it comes from those who were with Jesus. Right. And then we could go beyond that and say that they were validated by the early church, mm-hmm. that they considered them to be scriptures. Then we could go beyond that and we could say, and then they were canonized into what we call the
0: Bible. Bible. Right, exactly. So when we are looking at what does this mean for us today and mm-hmm. us to devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching really what we're saying is, is read your Bible. (laughs) Like like that's, that's what it's saying. It's it's a devotion to the scriptures. Yeah.
1: And to find yourself a church, even if it's not stones crossing, that aligns itself with the the scriptures every Sunday.
0: Yeah. 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 Are they making decisions about the church that are based on scripture? Um, is, is, is the church, uh, looking to scripture to guide its preaching, uh, and its teaching, you know, all those sorts of things are are critical.
2: Yeah. Which, which is, uh, I mean, a key element of how we do church. But again, for me, it's, it's kind of even morphed me over the last five or six years where I just think expositional preaching is so important. Yeah. Um, because we, because if, if you're going to a church regularly, that is not the primary teacher. I'm speaking from somebody that teaches sometimes, um, preaches sometimes if they're not devoting what they're teaching off of, um, God's word, as the primary driver, they're, they're going from something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just don't, man, I don't trust myself to do that regularly. Mm-hmm. I, I don't trust a lot of other people to do that regularly. Mm-hmm. And so I just, it's such a staple of our church, but it's such an important factor. I think that we should all think about when we're looking at the preaching of the church and I'm going to go one step farther. This is probably the bold hot take for many people. <laughs> um, this should not be the only time that you're hearing God's word, Yes, but say that it is then you need to amplify your importance of making sure that your preacher is sharing God's word with you on Sunday mornings. I would never tell you you, that you should base all of, you know, your learning off of Sunday sermons. But if it is, you better make sure that he's basing
0: it off of God's word. That's right. Let's move into beyond. Where do we see the idea of going beyond, serving one another, uh, local mission, global mission? Where are we kind of seeing stuff like that in the early church in this in this snapshot so
2: so the obvious example is their their freedom with the resources that they have you mm-hmm. know this idea of them selling their possessions then making sure that all who had you know the giving away as those they found those who had need within their body um, but i think the bigger part of this that we need to not miss i think this is the most important part is that the language of in day by day, attending the temple together, breaking the bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number daily Mm -hmm. beyond. And and, I mean, as a guy who sat in the seat for five years and and loving the missions, efforts of our church, getting to serve with some incredible people beyond is out of an overflow of belonging with Christ and becoming more like him Um, without, without that existence. Um, it's something else that that the world can do. Um, mm-hmm. The gospel is essential. So, being transformed um, within the body of Christ will, should lead for you to going beyond yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you try to go beyond yourself without it, you're going to fall short of this picture that they're giving us in Acts two forty two. So, I just love the language. And day by day, it happens. Mm-hmm. Right. You if you are if you are existing in community, if you're becoming like Christ, you're going to move beyond yourself and welcome other people to do the same. Mm-hmm. That's right.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna have to say, right here in this passage, I don't see them going into all the earth, like we don't see that, like not yet moving out just yet. Yes, because they truly do need to build this up here and as an example of Christ's body first. And I think that's a really, I think you hit the nail on the head.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we've seen that. Point. I mean, I mean, I'm one of my favorite stories is like a lady who I don't think she's a part of our body currently, but she was around for a while mm-hmm. who like just was here one night and she saw there was a Bible Bible study going on while her car was getting worked on. Mm-hmm. So she sat in on the Bible study. And next thing you know, she was around, you know, involved, coming to church, involved in the community. There was no, I w- we wouldn't have even invited her to the Bible study if she didn't pop in the room. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should have, but like, there's, there's just this element of, again, existing in the community of God, being faithful to the teaching um, where you're gonna—it's—it's it's not only attractive to people, um, you're gonna see people wondering what you're doing. Oh yeah! And it's gonna lead you to say, "Why would I not want people to have community like this in a world sure. where we are never more isolated than we've ever been? Um, we maybe we are. I'm—that's maybe an overstatement, but mm-hmm. COVID's made things pretty isolating. Yeah, we're very isolated. People need community. If you're existing in it, your natural reaction is gonna be to welcome them to be a part of it.
0: Yeah. 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 Why do you think it says that the Lord added to their number day by day and it's not an, uh, an outworking of their evangelism efforts or the community and things like that? Mm-hmm. I think we have to kind of deal with that because, you know, Scott, yeah. Scott used that passage too to talk about beyond um, to kind of lead into saying the church obviously was doing evangelism, yeah. but is that what, what was going on? And why why does why does uh, Luke give credit to the Lord?
2: Well, again, so so you were talking about Matthew twenty eight. So we need we, we need to think of the whole context of Scripture here. Yeah. So again, going out into all the world, you know, baptize. There's a there is a going out here. There's an existing in community, um, and there is the element of welcoming them in to this relationship with you know God. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but <laughs> you know,
2: yeah, you know, God. yeah, welcome them in the, into this relationship <laughs> with God. But, um, I think we also need to recognize, and anybody who's ever done anything like this would tell you this, just practically speaking, that God is the one who does the work. Um, you can't, you can't transform somebody's heart on your own. Mm -hmm. And, um, if you've tried it, um, you know, that it doesn't always work, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? And, um, when you see true heart transformation and you see change, um, it's, it's evident that God is the one that's responsible for it. So I think I would say that Scott's correct in the sense that we are to be faithful in sharing the gospel message. And we are the vehicle in which that God has chosen to audibly share the gospel with the world. That's right. But God is um, the one who's responsible for transformation. And he's the one who's going before us. He's the one who's with us. And he's the one that's working in their hearts as we're sharing with them. That's yeah. right. So I think that's why it's like, man, it's, it's all the Lord, And it's super obvious if you start doing it because one way you're going to go, man, I can't change that person. Mm -hmm. And then another time you're going to go, wow, that person changed. And I, Not a chance I could have done that on my own. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. So we know too that what you just said is true because scripture actually teaches this. This Mm -hmm. is in Romans chapter 10, verses 14 through 17. And it ends with this passage that says, So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. And what he's making a case here is like, look, people are not going to come to faith in Christ without the preaching of God's word, Mm -hmm. without the giving of the gospel. And that has to be done because God has chosen. That means, those ordinary means to bring people to salvation. And so that that's how it has to be done. So.
1: No, I am so glad you said that because that's exactly where I wanted to go next because I, 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 I see that people are going to come to Christ um, by entering the room because of our invitation. Possibly God will work through us, and hallelujah if he does. But they will come to faith, saving faith through the word of Christ. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad that you brought up that Romans yeah. passage. That's mm-hmm. great.
2: That's why I love the three B's because then you just do it all over again. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like as you're belonging with Christ, as you're becoming more like Him, you're gonna, you can't help but to move beyond yourself. As people, you welcome people in; they're belonging. They're, you know, and it's, it's like that's the picture of the gospel, and that's why we sit here, you know, two thousand years later, doing this in a completely different part of the world because God worked through people that were committed to this. Um, They were, they were deeply committed to this, Mm -hmm. and so we go do, go and do likewise. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) you know it's kind of
0: the point. Absolutely. Well, listen, I, I think that the, the big takeaway here is really the same that Scott had on Sunday. And that is what is your next step in this process? Cause look, we all land at different spots with all three of these things with belong, become, and beyond. Um, some of us are going to be more gifted in one or the other, or have a more of a passion or a desire for one or the other. Um, It still means that we need to grow in all of those things but it also means that we want to utilize what you're most gifted in and what you're passionate about and help you to take that next step to to utilize those gifts that you've been given so um look that's what we want to do. We want to help you with that stuff. So, um, reach out to us, come, come talk with us. Um, we want to help you get connected and plugged in to whatever that next step is. There are tons of stuff going on this fall <laughs> yeah. for you to get plugged into. And, uh, so we just want to help you to do that. Um, so yeah. Well, and I don't know if people have seen it yet either.
2: We, um, we on the website, we have a digital version of that card com slash next step, where you can see all the things you can get involved in this fall. That'll take you to the next, next area. But Again, it's just, everybody should be doing something that's growing them, um, to look and live more like Christ and should be a part of this community as we're kind of coming back together.
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks so much for joining us this week on the Sunday recap. We hope this was a a helpful conversation to you guys today. Uh, Next week, we're going to be jumping back into second Kings and the story of Elisha. We'll get back into that next week. So I'm looking forward to that. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next time. Have a great week.